Well, hello, hello. Welcome. You are listening to The Spiritual Exercises. I'm Rachel Amaday. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited about our topic today, and I'm so excited to get into it because I have just spent the last 15 minutes not in a grateful attitude. Uh, Exactly. I've been on Twitter fighting with people over kids at drag shows, um, which is actually happening. There are so many videos of this. There are so many all ages drag shows being promoted all over the country. And I have to tell you, I'm astonished. I'm astonished at the wickedness and the insanity of that. There is absolutely no reason we should be involving children in that sort of adult content. And people always go, well, what's so wrong with drag shows? And let me tell you, if you haven't thought this through, Most drag shows that I've seen uh, advertised have men dressed as women, biological males dressed as females, dressed as the most cliched version of women you can possibly think of, over-sexualized, kind of ditzy and silly, sparkles everywhere. By the way, I don't think that's a very good representation of women, but that's what they choose, and overly sexualized. And then oftentimes it seems like there's some sort of type of strip show or some sort of type of sexual show and everyone goes, oh, it's so fun, it's so sweet. No, it's not. Um, Do not let anybody deceive you on this. This is absolutely grooming. When people use the term grooming, this is exactly what it means. Introducing children, you know, one little step at a time to really inappropriate sexual behavior and um, sexuality and What I hate is that people who argue for it, instead of arguing for the actual activity, which they don't want to look like they're doing, instead they compare it to other things like, oh, well, have you ever seen a kid's hip hop class? Have you ever seen a child's pageant show? And, and they'll they'll kind of use what is a logical fallacy. That's a, a comparative um, situation where you're using kind of this distractor to try to throw it in the face of the person who's against children at drag shows, which to me, I mean, how can this even be something that we're arguing? Honestly, what has happened to people? But that's a logical fallacy. Okay, I don't really like children's beauty pageants, so I already don't like that. I shouldn't have to be discussing that, though, when I'm talking about exposing children to sexual content from adults and letting them participate in those sorts of events. So anyways, that's not really what I wanted to talk about today, but that's a little bit where I've been just for the last few minutes, a little bit on accident. I didn't really mean to go there, but I did. Um, So... Let's talk about thankfulness and gratefulness. This week has been one of those weeks where God has directed this topic for me. And I felt so called. And of course, it's the week of Thanksgiving. So he aligned in his timing because that's how he works, right? We're going to talk about gratitude. But I just wanted to share a personal story with you all that happened to me this week that is a mini miracle. Um to kind of start us off. So I had a horrible migraine. I I get migraines every once in a while. 
I've learned how to manage them for the most part, but I made a few errors in my food choices um, on Thursday and Friday and ended up with a terrible migraine Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning and was just miserable. Migraines, I don't know if any of you deal with them. They are incredibly debilitating. They've taught me a lot about empathy for other people, about pain, um, about how much pain can bring down your your gratitude and your mindset, what pain really does to your psychology, and how you have to hold on to God more than ever when you're those in those moments. But <clears throat> I had to lead worship on Sunday morning. I woke up Sunday morning. I wasn't better. I was worse. And I was driving to church, and God said, hey, I want you to share with the congregation today about the physical benefit of gratitude. And I know a little bit about this. I've seen the studies on it. I know that your cells actually get healthier when you're living from a grateful place. This is science, which is so amazing and so cool. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the fact that Every act of obedience that comes out of scripture, every single one, God has directed to end up being a blessing for us. Even these little ones that seem like they're just, um, you know, attitude adjustments that God asks us to take, this attitude adjustment will change your being. It will bless you. How amazing is that? So I was like, okay, that's my topic. Well, I get to church, I'm still in a lot of pain. And, you know, nothing really cuts the pain. Once I'm into the migraine, if I haven't prevented it, sometimes I can prevent them. If I haven't prevented it once I'm into the migraine, I don't like to take meds. Oftentimes the meds, like I've taken Advil and Tylenol and stuff in the past, oftentimes they'll just make the migraine last longer because they'll upset my stomach. Plus, I really don't like the ingredients in some of those as I've learned how they're made. They're not clean. And so I try to take more natural products, sometimes, uh, you know, heavy dose of turmeric or that sort of thing will help. But once I'm into the migraine, it's just a good three days. So I'm in the in the midst of it Sunday morning and God has told me, hey, be thankful and you're going to talk about thankfulness. And I started singing and the songs I chose for this last weekend, a multiple of them were songs just glorifying God and just basically saying thank you. And by about rehearsal time, three or four songs into the rehearsal, my migraine was gone. No trace. Every single ounce of it was gone. And I thought, oh, Lord, you have purposed this day. You took, you know, my own silly mistakes um, with a couple of food items that I knew I shouldn't eat, probably, that would trigger migraines. You let me have this migraine. You told me what to talk about, gratitude and thankfulness, and then you made this example for me to be able to share with the congregation about the miracle of gratitude in the human body, that my thankfulness in my singing was actually healing. How amazing is our God, right? Praise Yahweh. And so I was healed on Sunday morning of a migraine that should have lasted through Monday morning, usually would have, and I was healed in the midst of proclaiming my thankfulness to the Lord. So I thought, how perfect. This is also what I'm going to be sharing with you all this week. 
So I'm just blown away that God has provided these blessings even in tiny acts of obedience. And even even when we have that, we just decide to have that mindset. Now, here's some of the science, okay? And you can look this stuff up. You can look the studies behind these concepts up. They exist. According to Psychology Today, there are seven major benefits of, of gratitude that include, these are just the ones that they've found scientifically. It opens the door to more relationships, Absolutely, right? Gratitude improves physical health. I experienced that on Sunday morning. I experienced that all the time. The second I switch my mindset to gratitude, I feel better. But the science is showing that it's actually happening in your body as well. Number three, gratitude improves psychological health. Yes, because when you're in gratitude, it's very hard to stay down, right? Number four, Gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. When you're so thankful for what God has given you, you're not going to be as angry when somebody cuts you off, right, in, in your car. You're not going to be as angry if somebody, you know, is trying to offend you or says something about you you don't like. You're too thankful for that, right? It also increases your ability to understand where people are coming from. Number five, grateful people sleep better. That is accurate (laughs) because when you're in gratitude, you're not in worry and fear. Worry and fear can really steal your sleep. Gratitude is going to grant you easier sleep. Number six, gratitude improves self-esteem. Totally, because I'm not focused on what I lack. I'm focused on all that I have. And even when you don't have much, when you're focused on what you have, boy, do you feel better, right? And you're like, you know what I've got today? My legs work today. All right, that's awesome. I've got this, right? So your self-esteem improves. Number seven, gratitude increases mental strength. That is so true. Guys, I've been trying to live this. And the more I live it, the more true I see that it is. So there's some reasons why God, I think, may want us to prepare to have a grateful mindset in the challenging times that are happening now and the ones that I think might be coming. And it is because of these benefits that we see. You're going to need your mental strength and clarity. You're going to need to get out of fear because fear is going to push you in directions God doesn't want you to go. You're going to need, hey, healthy relationships because you can't face challenges by yourself usually. You need a good community. You're going to need your physical health. You need to be well, right? You need to take care of yourself. You, you're going to need your psychological health. You're going to need empathy because people are going to be suffering. They are suffering right now. I don't know if you've noticed this. People are suffering and they need your care and your love and your prayer. Okay. You're going to need your sleep to keep your brain going. Right. So I believe God wants us to switch from a mentality of lack and fear to a mentality of gratitude. Let's dig into the Bible here about this. And I will say this too. We're going to talk about how to do this. You know, a lot of people are like, my life sucks. I don't know how to feel grateful right now. I know that this is so hard to hear, but hear this, hear this. There are many days where all I can find to be grateful for is Yeshua's sacrifice. And that is enough. His death and his resurrection is enough for you today, even though it doesn't feel like it. Even though sometimes it's hard to see, 
when you understand that that gift roots you in a future, it's life-changing. The Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. In joy, there is constant hope and constant gratitude. That joy is what gives you the strength to move into the next day, to move into the next minute. And that joy is going to give your cells and your brain the strength to do what you need to do. And it might be hard, but if the Holy Spirit is on your side, what have you got to fear? When God is with you, who can be against you? When you decide to align your life with the Lord and be grateful for what he has given you. Now, I know this sounds, again, I've done a couple of sessions like this where It sounds a little bit spiritual guru-esque, right? But what I'm noticing is that the spiritual gurus are just basically stealing biblical concepts and then twisting them with tiny little lies or tiny little motivators that have more to do with monetary benefit and more to do with you crafting your life and more to do with you being God. And suddenly, everything that God has put into place that is going to bless you and benefit you becomes so self-involved in a lot of ways, that it becomes of no use to the kingdom. But see, God put these things in place. God put these benefits of gratitude in place. He is the author. And so if we do this in his way, in the Bible way, if we access that gratitude for him, and by the way, it's the most powerful gratitude you will have, then you can align your life his way. And you might not get all the physical benefits, but you are also reaping kingdom benefits. And that is way more beautiful. And I hope you agree with me today that you know that. You know that your future in Christ is unbelievably beautiful. Let's go to the Bible about gratitude. There's so many verses about gratitude. I had to pick and choose because it is just a myriad. This comes up time and time again in scripture. So we're going to start with Ephesians 5.20. It says, always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word always stands out to me here. This is a position of being. This isn't just a one-time thanks, God. This is, this is always means you're always in the spirit of gratitude. This is about having a mindset of gratitude in all things at all times. So instead of seeing what you lack, you are constantly seeing what you have and what you're being given. At a level we still don't understand, God has put a natural law into place regarding that mindset, and this is where your growth takes place. It's almost as if our ability to recognize all that we've been given allows us to receive more because we recognize gifts when, we come, when they come in and we care for them better. And that's not prosperity gospel at all. This is simply a scientifically recognized principle. The blessings of God come in unbelievable ways, even through your mindset of gratitude. Now, one thing I've noticed is when I'm in gratitude and I'm noticing what I've been given, I am a better caretaker of the things I've been given. Have you noticed people who aren't grateful and people who always complain are oftentimes people who treat their stuff like crap? Have you noticed this? They have no care for any of the things that they have because they're always looking for what they don't have. When you start to care for what you have, there is this principle I believe is absolutely true. To whom much is given, much is required. If God is going to give you more, he requires you to be a good, thoughtful, wise caretaker of what you have been given. We've got parables about talents and all of that going on in the New Testament that prove out that idea. 
You want God to give you your destiny in him. Be good at what you have right now, right? Be grateful where you are right now. That is kind of one of the very first steps. I actually think that's one of the first steps to growth. And it's one of the first attitudes we, I feel like believers have. When you realize that your sin and death has been nailed to the cross and that you're forgiven and you're free, isn't your first emotion gratitude? Aren't you so thankful? Aren't you overwhelmed with gratitude? And when you're in that moment, do you feel lack or do you feel whole? I, I can tell you how I feel. I feel whole. I feel made in the image of God. I feel different. Here in Ephesians, we're told to always be in that mindset, always giving thanks to God. I want to look at Paul and Barnabas in this story in Acts. Acts, uh, oh, I don't have the chapter down here, but it's. I'm going to quote this from Acts. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. I love this story so much. <laughs> I love this story because in the middle of the night, Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas have been jailed for spreading God's incredible gospel. And I mean, we we have not really faced that. I do think there are some people right now in jail or facing this um, for standing up for God's righteousness publicly that this is happening in America now, but it hasn't for a long time. We've had so much freedom here. Can you imagine you are sharing Jesus with others and you get jailed for it? And instead of being down in the dumps and going, oh, why didn't God protect me? Why didn't God save me from this? Paul and, Bar Paul and Silas, they are praying and they're singing hymns to God. They're praising. They're grateful. They know every dark place is actually an opportunity for God to work a miracle. They can't get over how good God is even when they are at possibly maybe one of the worst places. I mean, I can't imagine a worse place to be than in a prison cell like that, honestly. Hard place to be. And then out of this gratitude and thankfulness, all the prisoners hear them. They're testifying to God's goodness at their lowest. And God rescues them. There's an earthquake. And the jailer ends up being saved. He ends up hearing the gospel and understanding how to be saved. See, God's perfect plan for your life might not seem easy, but it is glorifying not only to the dignity of your own life, but to his kingdom to him. That's what I really want out of life because I know someday I'm going to meet my maker and it won't matter how much money I've acquired and it won't matter how big my house is. It won't matter how many cars I have. It won't matter if my kids were perfect and we all went to, you know, high level schools. It won't matter how much I achieved. What will matter 
is my obedience to the Lord and my relationship with the Lord, what I did for him on the earth. That's all that's going to matter. And so I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss those opportunities. And that might mean your dark place is God's opportunity to work through that weakness and show you his strength. That's a promise in scripture. But this particular situation came about because I really believe they were praying and singing hymns to God. They were ready to praise God at every moment, just like Ephesians told us. The blessings of God upon the gratitude and hymns and prayers of them were of a miraculous nature. Isn't it worth more than all the money in the world to be broken out of a prison, bringing others to Christ in the process? I'm seriously just thinking about this story brings gratitude to my heart. I have to thank Yahweh for doing such miracles and for putting them in the Bible just to remind us, right? So have you ever noticed, this is another principle, have you ever noticed that you find what you're looking for? So if you're looking for ways to be offended or afraid, you're going to find them in abundance during your day, right? If you're looking for things to be grateful for, you will also find them in abundance during your day. This particular mindset actually changes how you see the world, right? That's just true. You can't get around that. Matthew 13, 16 states, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Even regarding our salvation, we should have this mind, this mind of a child, a simple approach of seeing God in all the beautiful ways he speaks to us and recognizing that his voice can come from just a beautiful flower he puts in your path as you walk or the sweetness of your pet when you need that, or the hugs of your family and your friends, or the food that you get to eat. If you know it all comes from a good father, you are truly seeing. Blessed are your eyes because they see. That sight is blessed by God. He loves this sort of attitude. Are you looking for good or are you looking for bad? Are you looking for ways to be grateful or are you looking for ways that you are lacking? This, these two perspectives on the world will change what you see. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So not only is gratitude and thankfulness going to bless your body and your mind and your spirit, and not only is it something that can bring miracles into your life, but it's also God's will that you would be thankful in all circumstances and have this mindset. This is actually what God wants you to do. And it says, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I teach this all the time. I really believe this. Every single law, every single act of obedience is for you. The laws of God are not against you. Now, if you're outside of Christ trying to gain salvation through the law, those laws will crush you because you're not in Christ. If you're outside of Christ, then Christ and the law get to judge you. But if you are in Christ, he's not going to judge his own body. He's not going to separate himself in order to judge you. Being in Christ makes those laws a blessing for you. 
when you follow them, they are for you. They are for your benefit. They are for your health. They are for your prosperity. They are for your blessing in every single way. And I can attest to that because when I started to be more obedient to the Lord, I found all of those blessings that lead to peace of mind, which is actually what we need, right? It's the will of God for us to live in gratitude because that is for us. It's for our benefit. It is, is it because of the great blessings that come from this attitude? Absolutely. Is it because of the miraculous testimonies that come out of this attitude? I really believe yes. There are so many verses talking about thankfulness and thanking God for who he is and for what he has done. Now, the secular world, like I said, it uses this attitude of gratitude to attract what they think they want into their lives, and they leave God out of it. I want what God wants for my life. And, and that gives me even more to be grateful for because I can say, like on Sunday morning when my migraine left, thank you, God. That is because of how you made me. And you wanted to use that moment. And it was so obvious to me, you did a mini miracle in my life so I could share it with others. That I can give all the glory to God. It's all his. Plus, I really honestly believe if you, if you really want to stay grateful all the time, a great way to fail at the calling is to leave God out of it. Because on our worst days, the days where we feel imprisoned and the days where we lose a job or lose a loved one or we lose our self-worth or we lose it on others, the days where we realize in totality, we don't have the control. We don't have control. That only a God has control. Those days of loss make finding gratitude without Jesus a hefty task. Too heavy. It's too heavy a burden. Those, those days, it's too hard. It really is. The ultimate and grateful people on the planet should be believers because we've been given the ultimate reason. When no other reasons exist, our hope is not in a vague oneness. Okay, and we're going to discuss that horrible philosophy at some point, this we are all one thing. I, I really have issue. I take a logical issue with this. Okay, we'll talk about that at a later date. Our hope is not in a mindless unity. Our hope is not that everything ends the moment you die or that your life is meaningless as the atheists have to end up believing, given their ideas. Our hope is not in a God who constantly sends us back to earth to redo our lives or improve them until we can reach heaven. Our hope is not in a God who hates certain human beings or who made them for evil and destruction. Our hope is in the God of all who loves us all and loved us all so greatly that he offers us freedom from sin and death and all the time in the world in a life that is eternal. Our hope is in a personal God who comforts the heartbroken, fights our battles, and showers us in blessings even in the smallest of actions or attitudes. Our hope is in the God who literally built blessings into the life that he teaches us how to lead through his word. We have the ultimate gratitude giver and we have the ultimate in right attitude motivator because we have the ultimate hope. So if you'd like to improve your mental health, your cellular health, your relationships, your sleep cycles and beyond, and I would say your relationship with God ultimately, do what the Bible says. Seriously, this is in the instructions for life God gave us in this word and it's in there for a reason because it is life-giving. I'd like to end the session today with some meditations for you straight from scripture. May the word of God and thankfulness penetrate your week and sustain you through whatever may come. 
Psalm 103, 2-5 Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Philippians 4, 12-13 I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. James 1, 2-4 Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Philippians 4, 6-7 Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And number 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Be blessed this week. Till next time.